a tier one MNO in the US. If I had to just pick a random guess, I would say that there's a decent chance that it might be. Welcome to The Hotspot. I'm your host, Armand Desfouli-Argimondi. As many of you know, FreedomFi is the company that's partnering with Helium to make 5G hotspots happen, and their CEO, Boris Rensky, has answered a bunch of community-asked questions in a recent document. This document was pulled together by Steve Sellers, and both Boris and Steve are previous guests on this very show. Now, this document is specifically interesting because it sheds a little bit of light into the detail behind FreedomFi's 5G plans, and I think there are some gems of information in here that most people probably missed because, frankly, they don't even know that this document exists. So, this episode's gonna be a little different. I'm gonna review the document. I'm gonna go over some questions that I thought were particularly interesting or had great answers. I'm gonna read to you the questions and answers, and I'm gonna also provide some of my own commentary on top of it where I can fill in any knowledge gaps. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and let's get to it. Okay, so here we are at the FreedomFi Helium Community Q&A document. I'll provide a link to this document in the episode notes. So question one. Can you give a general update for the bring up of boost mobile data offloading? So far, 5G data is not on chain any estimated completion time. Boris replied, getting 5G data on mainnet has a number of external dependencies that we don't control, so we can only estimate timelines. Based on the current status with DISH and GigSky integration and development of cellular settlement service, which is a component that reconciles billing data between operators in the Helium blockchain, we expect to see 5G data on mainnet in Q2 of 22. All right, so to fill in some gaps here for anyone who didn't get some of that, GigSky and Dish are the current announced roaming partners for Helium 5G offload. That means that any customers of these two carriers can use their normal service and roam onto Helium 5G hotspots when they're available. So GigSky is already fully implemented. You can go get the GigSky 5G Helium plan, and if you're within range of the Helium hotspot while using the plan, it will roam onto that hotspot. Dish Wireless is in the process of being implemented. And what Boris is really saying here is that although it was expected that we would see 5G data credits, meaning earning money from 5G LTE service, live on mainnet in November of 2021, this is delayed now to quarter two of 2022. This stuff often happens with software, right? There are a lot of complex components that need to be put together and it takes a lot of time, especially when you have parties in the traditional space trying to bridge with the blockchain world. It just adds a whole host of complications. So of course, we're all desperately awaiting the capability to earn HNT from 5G service that we provide, but it looks like it's not gonna happen for a little while. And I don't know if there's anything that we can do about that. I think we just have to wait. Number two, is FreedomFi coming out with new gateways that will support higher pass-through radios? Boris replied, No plans to do this just yet. We're focused on our current gateway and adding support for additional radios to it. We want our customers to get the most out of the gateways that they already purchased. Also, FreedomFi gateways are capable of 1 gigabit per second. 1 gigabit per second of throughput is a lot for a wireless connection. So what Boris is saying here is that the indoor radio that came with the FreedomFi miners, if you happen to order the radio is quite limited when it comes to bandwidth. It can only do about 140 megabits per second and up to 96 simultaneous clients. And frankly, the upload speed is pretty low. It's less than 10 megabits per second in my own testing. What this question is asking is whether we're going to be able to see more throughput from better radios in the future. And Boris is basically saying, yes, the ports on the FreedomFi hotspot are capable of up to one gigabit per second. So in the future, there will be radios that can provide more power and more bandwidth to devices using that one gigabit per second backhaul. 
Number five, and this is one of my favorites. Can we get a general idea of offload agreement pipeline? How many MNOs slash MVNOs and what are the stages of agreement from one to 10? One equals just met for the first time, 10 equals waiting to announce. And before I jump into the answer here, this is basically the cornerstone of what will make Helium 5G successful is offload partnerships. We need carriers to partner with Helium in order to have their customers roam onto Helium 5G hotspots because it's the only way that we're going to fill those coverage gaps and generate the revenue that the network really needs to succeed. We need the existing carriers. Just a reminder, MNOs are the big players like Verizon, T-Mobile, and so on. And MVNOs are smaller players like Boost Mobile who don't necessarily own their own infrastructure, but rather rent it or license access to it from the big players. So this is what Boris answered. Here is what we can share. GigSky. Announced, and the pilot integration has been launched. Dish. Announced, but the roaming integration is in progress. And then the next one is Tier 1 MNO in the US. He ranked this a 4 out of 10. He says, they have our equipment in their test lab, and they're working on the roaming architecture. So, let me pause here. A Tier 1 MNO in the US. That can only mean one of three, because there are only three. There's Verizon. AT&T and T-Mobile. And if I had to just pick a random guess out of a hat because, you know, it's my favorite carrier, I would say that there's a decent chance that it might be AT&T. Next up is MVNO2 US, 7 out of 10. The roaming architecture is agreed. Contracting. Next up is MVNO3 US, 6 out of 10. They have our equipment in their lab and working on roaming architecture. And then there are some overseas MNOs. Two tier one overseas MNOs. 1 out of 10 and 2 out of 10, both in initial discussions. So, a very strong showing for the United States, a lot going on behind the scenes, but of course with these things it's really impossible to guess exactly how long all of it will take, but I would say that this is extremely encouraging news. If we get one of those tier 1 MNOs, that is a huge, huge, huge deal for the revenue potential of deploying 5G hotspots. And it is great to see some progress going on overseas too. Number 6. Can you disclose your gateway and total radio sales expectations for 2022? Boris said, We'd like to deploy at least 50,000 small cells and have that many currently on order from CIRCOM, which I'm assuming is a small cell manufacturer. The number of gateways will be many more because we expect some percentage will be deploying with Wi-Fi. We are somewhat at the mercy of the supply chain constraints driven by the chip shortage. So, long story short, maybe more than 50,000 gateways, probably not more than 50,000 radios, by the end of 22, and there may be one or more radio manufacturers unclear here. We know that at least Bicells is a radio manufacturer that FreedomFi is already working with. Number 10, and this is similar to a question from earlier. What work remains to bring 5G on chain? Does Helium need to push changes, chain variables or other, or are we waiting on MVNO to incorporate changes on their side? Boris said, we need to finish building a Magma software component called Cellular Settlement Service which reconciles final settlements between MNOs and MVNO billing systems and Helium blockchain. And the Helium core team needs to implement the chain variable defined in HIP 27. The first part is under development, but it's pretty complex. The second is pretty straightforward and we've demonstrated a demo of it on testnet a while back, but still needs to be tested and deployed on mainnet. So long story short, same thing we discussed a few minutes ago. There needs to be an architecture bridging the billing in the traditional world with the way that Helium works with data credits and then on the blockchain side of things, those data credits need to be attributable to 5G on its own, right? 
Right now, there's only one type of data credit on the blockchain, and that's a LoRaWAN data credit, and that has a fixed price. And trust me, you don't want that to be used for 5G because it's going to cost you about 400 bucks per gig if the 5G data packets are priced with LoRaWAN data credits. So there's a little bit of work that needs to be done on both sides here. If you're wondering what Magma is, that is the software component that sort of orchestrates the entire backend of this cellular service. It originally was an open source project created by Facebook, and Boris talks a lot more about that in episode 15 of this podcast. Generally speaking, how do MNOs and MVNOs view a product like Helium 5G? Competition, opportunity, distraction, vaporware, etc. Boris said, at this point, most are moving from, ah, it's silliness that will never work, to becoming genuinely curious about the approach. This 5G technology that's being deployed by every major carrier in the world really requires a lot of density and a lot of base stations, and Helium is really filling the gaps by providing indoor coverage and soon outdoor coverage. And this is coverage that the telcos probably would have not gotten covered on their own because it's too logistically complicated or too expensive. If we as people can use our existing resources, our manpower, our investments, and our internet connections at home and in our communities, we can really bridge some gaps that they were unwilling to serve and frankly just create a better experience for everyone. So there's really no reason for telcos to not want to partner with Helium here. Number 14, where does FreedomFi see itself in the future? A hotspot hardware maker, a SaaS provider, an operator, and Boris just replied with this meme. When someone asks me where I see myself in five years, buddy, I'm just trying to make it to Friday. <laughs> Boris, remember to take breaks. Number 27, which FreedomFi certified outdoor radios will have external antenna connection options? Boris replied, Buy Cells 436Q is the soonest to have that option. Per our partnership announcement, we expect to release plug and play firmware for those in the May 2022 timeframe. So right now there are not any outdoor radios that are certified for use with the FreedomFi hotspot, but they're coming very soon. There was one announced that's gonna be distributed through CalChip in April. It looks like another one is coming in May. And these are off the shelf buy sales units, which you can actually go buy right now on eBay and at various retailers. However, they will need the custom Freedom 5 firmware in order to work with your Freedom 5 hotspot. So don't go out buying a BuySells outdoor radio just because you think you got your CPI license and you can go deploy this. It's not going to work. You won't be able to connect the radio to your hotspot just yet. You'll have to wait for the official units with the right firmware. And I also want to add that it's probably going to be very expensive to buy these outdoor radios. Think thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, especially if you want something that's going to cover more than, let's say, a city block in radius. The 3.55 to 3.7 gigahertz range of CBRS band does not go through buildings well. You're going to need a serious radio if you want to get some real distance on this band. Number 33, do you have any more details to share on Wi-Fi? Boris said, we are now testing a few Wi-Fi access point options in our lab that could be plug and play with the gateway. We're hoping to announce the first access point in Q1 2022 and have them available for purchase in Q2. We realize this is behind schedule, but it's very much a priority for us and we are working hard to bring this to market as soon as possible. So Wi-Fi is an option in markets where maybe the CBRS type band is not available, which is pretty much everywhere except for the US. CBRS is the regulatory framework that allows us to broadcast in this shared spectrum band that is shared by the military and other incumbents. And this simply doesn't exist in most other countries. I know it's being worked on in a number of countries, but you know, legislative things can take time. I think Freedom Fi's plan here is to work with carriers in those countries to offload onto Wi-Fi those existing customers that can't take advantage of a cell signal because Helium hotspots would not be able to legally broadcast a cell signal in those countries. So if you've ever had your cell phone roam onto a Wi-Fi network 
and you didn't know why it went onto that Wi-Fi network, it's probably because your carrier has an agreement with the company providing the Wi-Fi. FreedomFi is attempting to do a similar thing here with the Helium network. I'm not gonna lie, I can't really get that excited about this. I'm not gonna dismiss it just yet. Let's wait and see how much benefit can be gained by deploying these Wi-Fi access points and how much earnings can come from that. 38, are there any plans for FreedomFi gateways to support mining of multiple tokens in addition to Helium? Boris said there are no such plans currently, but if people have ideas on what tokens to mine in addition, we are open to hearing ideas so long as such tokens are not parasitic or directly competitive with the Helium network. I don't see how a Helium miner could potentially mine any other coin or token. Anything that's mineable is usually a proof of work coin and those take a lot of processing power and electricity and it would just shift the focus of the device away from its primary purpose. And I don't think there are gonna be any other wireless network tokens or coins that could be mined alongside Helium that wouldn't compete with Helium. So I don't know, maybe the market will surprise me and I'll be totally wrong, but I think the person who's asking this, I don't know what they're thinking, but it seems like maybe it's coming a little bit from greed, not from utility. 40, what can you say about potential 5G deployment in Europe? For example, the 5G frequencies available for campus networks in Germany. Boris said, going to Europe is not just about spectrum bands. We could expand to Europe with Wi-Fi. In addition to spectrum, we also need an anchor MNO or MVNO in Europe, like Dish or GigSky, to drive offload traffic. We have a few conversations in flight, but nothing that we can assign a date to yet. So it looks like partnerships are still in the works in Europe. It could be a while before we see Wi-Fi there and especially cellular data. I know this could be a very big point of contention, especially with HIP37, which is omni-protocol proof of coverage, which would essentially give 5G hotspots proof of coverage rewards if it was passed. As of right now, all of those rewards would go into the United States, and this is an international network. So I expect there to be quite a bit of controversy around that until there is a much more even regulatory landscape around the world that allows operation of 5G and LTE cells by Helium hotspot owners in pretty much any country. This will be an interesting one to watch. 42. Does FreedomFi intend to develop a Wi-Fi, 5G, or low Earth orbit satellite communications backhaul capability? Boris said, backhauling a wireless network with another wireless network, excluding point-to-point -point microwave links, is a very tricky architecture to get right. 5G backhaul over Wi-Fi is not supported as Wi-Fi does not offer the needed quality of service controls. 5G backhaul over 5G is possible, but this requires tight coordination with the backhaul network provider. Satellite links can be used, but it's important to realize throughput and latency on the 5G side will be constrained by the satellite backhaul link quality. If you're using your FreedomFi gateway for LoRa only, Wi-Fi and 5G can be used as backhaul links. So we've all experienced using a Wi-Fi connection and it cutting out, especially if you're gaming on Wi-Fi, you can have really jittery performance with huge lag spikes. This just does not work well with cellular architecture. There needs to be consistent latency. That's why on the FreedomFi hotspot, there's only an ethernet connection available. You can't even use Wi-Fi. If you were to backhaul 5G with another 5G network, which isn't the craziest idea because maybe you have access to a really strong 5G network like T-Mobile, but you wanna provide roaming to people on, let's say Verizon, because Verizon has partnered with Helium, you could do it, but these 5G networks are very lossy and there are many factors that can affect the performance and signal strength. So it's not necessarily the best idea. I think it would be amazing to see Helium hotspots backhauled by Starlink. 
I'm sure there are already some people doing this with LoRa, but to see that combined with 5G would be extra, extra cool especially for rural areas that might not have easy access to fast internet, that could really be the key to creating some widespread coverage in underserved areas. Imagine the Starlink backhaul as being like the seed that plants a garden of coverage in an underserved community. Boris also answers a question right after that. The question is, long-term could FreedomFi gateways serve as ground stations for space-based 5G satellites, which is basically what I was just getting at. And Boris said, you can use satellite backhaul with FreedomFi gateways, yes, and we have a number of enterprise customers that do that today. So there you go. It seems like people are trying it. I'm very excited to see what Helium hotspot owners end up trying with their Starlink backhaul and other satellite internet connections to provide 5G coverage. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I know it was a different type of episode, but if you liked this, please let me know in the YouTube comments if you're watching on YouTube or come hang out with me in the Hotspot Podcast channel in the official Helium Discord. I hope everyone has a great day and I can't wait to bring you some more awesome content soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the Hotspot. If you love our content, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to maximize your impact, leave your honest review on Apple Podcasts. Your support helps us reach more listeners and educate them about the Helium Network.